You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Hi guys, this is Jesse with the Voluntary Vixens, and we have Maddie back from I'm back. Tom Hanks disease. <laughs> I survived all my bouts of Tom Hanks disease, the first one, the second one, the second wave, so to speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> as we all know, it's really, you know, coming back with a vengeance or something that they want us to think. The surge. Different also, from the first surge. <laughs> yes. We also have another guest with us, and you guys might have heard of him. This is the odd man out from the from the odd man, wait, the odd cast. Right. <laughs> I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's the odd man out uh, featuring. I don't even know who I am anymore. Wait a minute, it's the odd cast featuring the odd man out. I, I had to make it a long title because. The odd cast was already taken. There's like 15 of them. So, so I'm not giving up that name. So I had to make it a long title so people could find it. So the odd man is here and we are going to talk about everything because I, my brain has been on fire the past few days. I'm just saying. So what do you want to talk about first, Maddie? I don't know. Um, I guess like, so Depending on when this episode gets out and when you all are listening, um, par for the course of 2020, things have continued to be just absolutely bonkers. Um, so by the time you hear this, aliens might have already arrived. I kind of would have probably preferred it because the reality that we're living in and that we're forced to reconcile with every day, it's just, I mean, anybody who has a care for liberty bone in their body has been shook this entire year at least i have been i feel very very traumatized and it's more than just a mask damn it (laughs) well i mean don't you just want to do the right thing and not kill somebody's grandmother because you're being selfish it's still about the grandmothers or you're or the children, or the dogs. I don't know. What, who are they saying now? It's getting it. And my sister-in-law said that um, she's noticing some of her friends are saying, I wear a mask because I love people. It's all about love, and that's why mm-hmm. I take precautions. I'm like, well, yeah, I love my freedom and my liberty, and I, you know, I don't want the government to tell me, what to do uh, because well, as we all know this is just the beginning I mean come on it's going to be masks then the big shot and then whatever else I mean because it, it that's just the way it goes it follows a pattern mm-hmm. and um, we've seen it before and it's funny how we've been you know somewhat on the sidelines I'd say all of us um, have been kind of watching as and objectively watching the narrative change and you know now it's love and these people don't wouldn't know love if it um you know fell on their heads because they don't understand that 
like you said, you love your liberties and you love your freedoms, but also as part of that, and I might be speaking for you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like as somebody who loves liberty for themselves, like the whole other side of that is you obviously love the liberty that belongs to the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea of libertarianism really like, you know, small L and as a community, it, it, it all comes back to love, like love of self. Um, because <laughs> in the end, that's all we've really got. Like our relationship we have with ourself, um, is absolutely important for us to have relationships with other people. But it's like, so it's got to be, you love your neighbor enough to let them have their own opinions, their own yes. ways of life, their own belief systems. And, you know, it really seems to always come back to uh, this false idea of love that they say that they have when it's really like that oppressive um, repression of your freedoms and liberties. And that's not mm-hmm. love to me. I don't know. That's not love. No. Well, it's like everything that... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's like everything, you know, that's happened in the last hundred years, you know, kind of from that progressive elite kind of side um, has always been for the greater good. So that's always been their excuse to take liberties away. Um, and, and their side has always said... You know, like eugenics was for the greater good, um, mm-hmm. everything that they do. And, and so I believe, sure, yeah, there there are people on the side that do think they're doing what's right. And, they, you know, they think that they are doing stuff out of love. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. But um, they don't understand. Like It's just like you're saying. We love them enough. We love the other people enough that they they don't re- understand how liberty works. They don't understand how rights are taken away, but we do, and we know that's a bigger issue than pretty much anything. So, we're, you know, even though we disagree with them, we love them enough to say, hey, I'm sticking up for my rights, but I'm also sticking up for your rights. And that's one reason I'm standing against, you know, these kind of authoritarian mm-hmm. kind of tactics. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Um, before we go further, and which might help, um, or develop part of our conversation today. So obviously we introduced who you were and what your podcast was, but so for anybody who hasn't um, checked your stuff out yet, or hasn't noticed that we post you to our story a heck of a lot, um, like what do you sort of do and what angle um, do you sort of come at all this from? And um, just so people understand like why it is we kind of found you. And I mean, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, um, like, long story short, hopefully, uh, right after 9-11, I got really into politics and became this crazy conservative, right? Gotta get the Muslims! Yeah, Make them pay! <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, I was like that for a few years, but I, I've always been super curious, and uh, even when I was super, super conservative, I never, like, went to any rallies, or I always knew, or always felt like at the top. The government is probably corrupt, but I got caught up in the partisan stuff. But around, I guess, it's kind of I'm kind of ashamed to say I wasn't uh, into the first Ron Paul movement. But around um, the time that Obama and Romney were running, um, I just had it. I had um, you know researched enough things to know that. 
pretty much most of the things I think that we see from the two parties is a lie and a sham and they work together. I feel like they are, they have a symbiotic relationship. And so I just got tired of it. Mm-hmm. And the more that I was reading about, you know, suppressed history and uh, lost history and stuff like that, I, I was like, Oh my God, we're ruled by maniacs and, and they're mm-hmm. in it together. Or if they're not in it, I mean, some, some of them are definitely in it together, but you know, really one of the big things was like, I don't know if I can even say it. Um, Sandy Hook. <laughs> I, that's all I'll say. Uh, made me question some things. But uh, another thing was getting into the Council on Foreign Relations and seeing how, like, all these top Democrats and Republicans from, like, since, like, I think 1920 have been a part of it. And you got, like, academics and the top news personalities, top military um you know, you got people in the television networks. You've got tons of people who are either in government or have, have had, you know, really top positions in government. And I'm sure I'm leaving out some more people. But um, I was like, oh, my God, they've all been a, a part of this club. This is the shadow elite, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though people still look at you like you got five heads when you mention them, it's they're still very powerful. So I, that was another big eye opener for me. I was like, oh, my God. Half these people are in these these same clubs, and it's all, I feel like a lot of it's just a show, <laughs> you know, to keep us uh, distracted and divided. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a long that was long. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good and brief. Um, but and so um, you mentioned all that, and um, if anybody hasn't listened to it yet, the Propaganda Report just released their deep dive, and maybe it was an update to a previous deep dive, but they covered. This figure you've probably heard lots about lately, and you're definitely going to hear more about her soon, um, but Stacey Abrams. And um, mm-hmm. how she, who was supposed to be, like, this underdog to the public, like, would see her as this person that's just overcome um, all this hardship in her life and, you know, trust her because she's the right gender. There's more than two. Um, <laughs> you know, who, whichever you decide she is, um, and the right skin color to have opinions that are supposed to shake the world. And here she is like being, um, I'm pretty sure she was a member of the council for foreign council of foreign relations. And, um, or she's like absolutely backed by this. And, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned that they're this shadow club, but really it's like this stuff is hidden in plain sight, but it's such a far out um, abstract thing to most people, myself included. Like, I wish this was fiction. I really wish this was a, one of the dystopian novels I've read. Uh, I really wish it was a George Orwell book and not something mm-hmm. that we're actually living in and that we uncover um, more crazy layers to every single day um just but i guess the positive is i don't know that we do learn more about it every day it does become more apparent and public every day but at the same time you know a nice uh second wave of coronavirus seems to distract everybody from anything that might actually be going on that does matter to every single person on this planet or should. Yeah. And wasn't it just, I mean, like two weeks ago, I mean, we cared about, um, race 
relations in this country and it was cool to just protest in the streets right next to somebody without wearing a mask and burn things down and knock statues on top of people's faces and you know there was no mention about how we need to socially distance or that any of that was going on and then of course we hear reports about surges but the surges have nothing to do with like all those riots that have happened in, in multiple cities across the country um has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with all those Alabamans that decided to go to the beach that summer. Texas wants to get <laughs> back to work. Alabamans. Those <laughs> damn Floridians, you know, trying to just Florida live outside of their individual homes. I'm going to call it right now. Uh, the the guy, the what is it? The uh, what's what is the scientific term for like the person of interest that starts a virus or starts a pandemic is oh. going to be. Patient Zero? Patient Zero is Florida Man. That's who it is, <laughs> just so you guys know. Yeah, we're going to find out later that Florida Man traveled to China, ate a bat at the open market. Um, and <laughs> the then like, that sold the bat. <laughs> or something, or like was airbnb being with like a lab guy from Wuhan. I don't know, I can't wait for that story because, I don't know, that would at least give me some humor um, versus just the fear-mongering that uh, went away, yes, for a little bit while we needed to focus on and have that conversation, that hard conversation about racism in this country. I'm yeah, glad we, we, glad we had it. apologize for being born white? No, and um, Jesse, I shared, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but I shared in our signal group um, that I was on this, you know, because, like, I work in an industry, I've said it before on here, and um, you listen to this show odd man so you've probably heard me say it but um i think you listen <laughs> that's how you found us um but so that i work in an industry where i do have to get all this um fear porn and i get where they're coming from and what they're saying but like also it doesn't translate to i think the real world in the way that i think needs to be actually taken across subject match subject lines um and obviously we can't just live in bubbles or in the rest of our lives for something that uh, at least 98, 99% of people recover from. But um, so but you work with John Hopkins level doctors. I do like Johns right? Hopkins, Harvard, UCLA. So they know germ theory. Like they understand how viruses work. Have they? They're, I mean, it's yeah, they're what they know, I mean, right? They're epidemiologists. Like this is so what they, they do. Know that even if we hide in our houses, the virus is still out there, right? And so, yes, but I don't know. It's just that. And they know that when you give a vaccine, you're still you're literally injecting a person with that virus, that literal virus. Yeah, and that that virus, that vaccine could very well, like, unless we're all denying the fact that, um, what is it, vaccine shedding or virus shedding? Like, you can give somebody that the virus from that vaccine. But isn't that the point? It's like you give, you're literally trying to build somebody's immune system by giving them the virus. You just, that's the point. So why would we hide? We should be giving, we should have all the healthy people out there getting the virus and getting over it. And therefore, I really want to get this thing. Getting, I know. I'm ready to drink like a damn COVID <laughs> soda right now. Where's the cocktail? Give me the COVID cocktail um, because I am the healthiest I've ever been. COVID and- <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if uh, Car 
car camp and burn <laughs> have made the COVID spritzers. <laughs> I need to. I'm yeah, ready. So, I'm, I know. And um, meanwhile, it's like, I don't know, we're told to continue living in fear, continue not leaving the house, and um, Florida's going to explode. Um, but, I, you know, the only thing that's exploding is number of cases. <clears throat> which yeah. is something to measure, something to maybe be aware of, because there are a very tiny minority of people that it seriously affects them very harmfully and fatally. Okay, so mm -hmm. something that we should be aware of, I guess, the virus is real. Um, but, you know, it's going to it's gonna be with us for the rest of time. Yeah. And, and not to mention, your body is filled with viruses right now as we speak. Everybody has tons of, like, millions of viruses living inside of them. They're hosting them. Um, I don't even want to know. <laughs> bacteria. Uh, who was it that posted like a picture of a little like eyelash mite or oh. no skin mites? One of the girls we follow. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like one of the characters from Hellraiser. It's but, really I mean, bad. we have all kinds of disgusting and nasty things on us and inside of us all the time. So this thing is not going to be the end of the world. I like. I guess that's my thing. It's like. Being a nurse and you're just around, you've seen so many disgusting things and you know, you know, that you're filled with all kinds of things. You just can't care about this. I cannot care less. Your oh, your wife is a nurse, too, isn't she? Yeah. So yeah. what is her what are her thoughts on all of this? I'm curious. She thinks it's total bullshit. <laughs> she um, some of the doctors she works with think the same thing, but they can't, you know, they can't say anything. Like one doctor made some little post on his Twitter. It was kind of innocent, but about, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. This was like three weeks ago. It, it was kind of an innocent post compared to something we would post, you know, about COVID. Anyway, it got back to the, the staff uh, at the hospital and they threatened him and said, you know, you could lose your job if you post anything else. This guy's oh an oncology doctor. God. You know, he's, and it was just, like I said, I can't even remember now what it was, but it was just kind of a, in a innocent post. But yeah, she's, she's thought it was BS from the start. And, um, like her, her hospital is the biggest one in the area. I mean, we, we live, you know, it's not a huge, it's like the third largest city here, but it's like, um, she said that, uh, they, the most they've had was like 16. And that was this past week. Now they're down to like 12 yeah. uh, patients. But that doesn't mean, you know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, average people, when they hear, oh, you know, the the number of cases are rising or they hear that, like, there's so many people with COVID in the hospital, then they automatically think they're on a ventilator and they're about to die. Yeah. But she's like, she's like, they don't understand that half these people, I mean, most of the people that are there are not on ventilators and they didn't even come in for COVID. They came in for other issues and mm -hmm. were tested. And then that leads you to, yeah. are the tests accurate? Like, I work yeah. for Quest Diagnostics, and one of my old friends there contacted me two days ago, and he's like, you know what's weird? He said, the largest uh, walk-in clinics here, there's a chain of them, uh, and they do their testing. Uh, and he said, they're 5 to 10% accurate. 
Oh, my. But, you know, so it's like, we don't even know. Yeah. 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 And like, even with the, I was reading, uh, I guess it was from the intercept uh, yesterday, day before something like that. And it was an older article from last year, but it was saying that the the flu tests at the time, the rapid flu tests were only 50 to 60% accurate. Um, so it's like, and then you hear about these, you know, like I saw one guy, I mean, I know anybody can put stuff online, but it was an article and this guy had went in and got tested and he was positive Then went to another place later in the day, got tested and he was negative. So it's like, do we even know, you know, is there really any accurate way of knowing how many people are even infected and maybe we're all infected, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like that's more likely, you mm-hmm. know, if it, if it spreads as easily as they say it does, Right. We and we're all supposed to wear masks because <laughs> it's going to prevent us from, if we have it, giving it to somebody else. <laughs> Go figure. Um, we, we would all already have it. Like, yeah. none of this stuff is all adding up. Like, and I'm not an expert. I've said that over and over again. But I think it's just little basic logical steps that are not being met. And it doesn't seem to add up to what we know is common sense, to what we know even as more lay people, but like our basic understanding of, of basic understandings of biology and what we know about a virus and what a virus typically does and how it normally uh, trickles through a population every season. It's just mm-hmm. none of this is adding up. And actually, so, so your story about um, your wife's, I guess, colleague or associate at the hospital, you know, um, we probably all remember a little while back hearing about the, I don't know if he's a state senator as opposed to like a federal senator. I think he's a state senator of Minnesota, but he's a doctor. And so yeah. he, he was one of the ones blowing the whistle on, look what I just got from the like health department of my state, basically. Uh, and Jesse, you were talking about this when um, it was first coming out about how um, even non-confirmed COVID-19 cases were being, or deaths were being labeled in a way that would still include them in the sweep of things. Like, so even if it was assumed COVID-19 or if they happen to have and test positive for it, but that's not, that's absolutely not what they died from. It still, you know, gave them that little um, loophole where, we didn't say it like, but it's like, but you're, it's still all being included in the data that you're using to scare the public. Yeah. And so he, um, is being threatened to have his license revoked for stating facts. That, I mean, and that's what, I mean, the part that drives me crazy is that there are healthcare workers that are, are calling BS on this, but then there's like another half of the, and this is the healthcare industry in general. It's all about, you know, telling on each other and narking on each other about every little thing, especially in nursing. We're not, we, we are such huh. bitches to each other. I swear to God. So, I think it's you know, because you're all mostly females and it's like a kind of yeah. biological tendency for girls to compete with each other and be heinous bitches. Yeah. So, yeah, it just true. is what it is. That's yeah. why I don't like much girls. Yeah. 
people like, like people like me get picked on because we're not we don't like to talk about everybody else and we don't get involved in the drama and then we end <laughs> up getting swept into it not even realizing it like we're we're the topic of conversation sometimes and it sucks the hens but, that. yeah yeah because i'm a vocal person so i say what i think and i end up getting in trouble a lot <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've noticed is that um, nurses are doxing each other online. I had to, I left like all of my nursing groups on Facebook. I left them all because I was getting, I was watching nurses like report each other and stuff. And I was like, I'm so vocal. I, that will happen to me. So <laughs> I got out, out of all of that. But I mean, I guess doctors do it to each other too. I, you know, it's just ridiculous. Like you can't just, there's no, like we were just talking about earlier, like you don't know what true love is if you don't allow people to have their opinions and still be able to stay in the room with them. If you can't stand to listen to their opinion and you can't stand to at least, you know, give them some benefit of the doubt that there's some logic behind their opinion. You don't you don't even know what love is for that person. You have no that's not love. I'm sorry, because me and my me and my husband are very different politically. Like he's more of a, a liberal, but he admits that he's not that, you know, involved in politics. I'm very much like well versed in it. Like I keep up with it, but we're still married to each other and we still can tolerate each other's difference in opinions. That's true love. When, when a liberal and a, and an ANCAP can be in the same room with each other and not murder each other. <laughs> Voluntary society. It happens exactly. at home, right? But this whole thing, I mean, I mean, I would even say like just in 2016, it's been like a slope, you know, where people have lost friendships. They've lost like, I mean, kids won't talk to parents. Parents won't talk to kids, brothers and sisters. You know, it's, it's people are stop, they just can't even be in the room with each other anymore because of politics. And that's ridiculous. And then COVID comes along and makes it even more complicated. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I didn't think it get, could get any worse as far as like the <laughs> separation and stuff. But like since COVID, yeah, it's, it's like, it's awful. And um, like, you know, I've got people on both sides, the Democrats and Republicans who will no longer speak to me and have blocked me and stuff like that. And it's like, Hey, you know, um, you just, there's no reason to block somebody. I mean, if you're a real friend, some of these people I've known for 20 plus years, you know, but yeah. um, it's like, can you imagine trying to, I just think about like when they were founding the country. And I know people say, you know, the founding fathers were, weren't that great, this and that and the other, but can you imagine people like this in, in our day and age trying to found a country or even found, uh, you know, a territory. I mean, you, saw what happened, you saw what happened to Chaz. <laughs> yeah. It's just people are, I don't know, they can't have a healthy debate. They can't, like you're saying, have a conversation without getting really pissed. And they want to ruin each other. You know, like they want to ruin yeah. you now. You can't just disagree with somebody and move the hell on, you know. Yeah, I know. Especially like the thing with nursing, with the nurses that are like, what's really disturbing about that, and I guess this is kind of happening with doctors too, you are willing to put another nurse's like livelihood on the line. You're willing to take away her license over, over a disagreement online. Like, do you not mm -hmm. realize how petty and stupid you look when you do that? But I mean, they don't care. 
because they, yeah. the end result is the end result. But the thing is, it's like, I don't think anybody realizes that there might be like a shift in the wind and what is a popular opinion today, like back in um, 1920s Germany, it was cool to hate Jews, you know, mm -hmm. and everybody made fun of Jews and they drew cartoons of people with hooked noses and I don't know, with greedy little hands and stuff like that. And then now if you did that, you would lose your whole life. You know, so oh, yeah. you as a nurse talking about like you're making fun of people who are protesting about wearing masks and you're saying, well, they better not come into my hospital. I won't treat somebody like that. And, you know, you're basically saying, I hope they get sick and die. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're like, I don't like this other nurse. I'm going to make, you know, ruin her chance of ever getting hired again and, and make sure that um this maybe this will end up on her license somehow or this doctor, you know, this oncology physician who saves people's lives who are dying of cancer because he has this one nuanced opinion about a virus that has a really great record of recovery. We're going to ruin their career over it. It's just, what are we doing? <laughs> like, why are we, where are we right now? Where's the humanity other than it's been like totally it's funny because Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of your friendships that has ended amongst this whole thing, like one of the things she said, she's not listening, so I can say it, um, is that she complained that you always brought everything back to government and it's always government's fault. And it's like, well, okay, but like, give me an example where it isn't. Like, name a topic and we can show you how. It's the government's intervention in our lives and stripping of our civil liberties and interfering with the marketplace that really has brought about a, a long um, problem ABC. And then in order to fix the problems that they've created ABC, they decide to, you know, do program DEF, which creates problem X, Y and Z. And so it's just this never ending cycle. And like people like us mm -hmm. are able to see that because we've. Kind of, we've really actually got no skin in the game. You know, as sort of political outsiders, none of these people are, are our people. We've given up the idea a while ago at some point. You know, all of us have come, anybody in this community has come to this realization that there's not a single politician that's really out there for us. I mean, thank God Thomas Massey's in Washington and he seems to really care. But honestly, you know, it's probably a lot of self-interest. Not to even rag on the guy, like, I want him to do that because him protecting his own liberties protects my liberties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and same with like the Pauls, Brandon, Ron Paul, you know, it's um, I, generally, I think Ron Paul is like the Winnie the Pooh and like this beautiful, just where did we get this creature? Um, not to put him on a pedestal or idolize him, but just the most optimistic person I Thank God I listen to him every day because despite the dark, dark world we live in and that he knows very, he's very aware of how dark it is. You know, he yeah. is the one that keeps um, reminding us that we got to keep the torch burning and that there's something to move towards and continuously work towards. And even when we feel like we're in our darkest hour, like I feel like we're kind of in right now. And um, maybe until that's relative. Aliens. Until well, the, uh, 
Give me an alien. <laughs> I'm ready to clap some alien ass. I don't know where I'm going with this, but... Sorry, I've been wanting to say that for like an hour. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with this, but... I, I think I broke your concentration. Yeah. Maybe. No, I, you're right. Ron is like... The thing about him is like he's always stayed the same. And so how many politicians have... You know, you look back through even recent history... And they've, most of them may have had a few good ideas, but they either walked them back or sold out. And they never mm-hmm. really seemed to sell out. And plus, especially with this, this whole COVID thing, I mean, he's a doctor. He was a I doctor know. and a senator for all those years. And he so. got sick from it, too. Mm-hmm. Rand was, yeah. Yeah. I love so, listen to his opinion, despite that he's actually had it and has gotten right. over it. But let's forget that. Uh, one thing I, I was going to mention earlier, uh, so my best friend and my childhood friend is also a nurse. He's He's been a nurse for like 20 years. And he was telling me the other day that the place he works, um, so his his wife works in the hospital, um, too, but not the same hospital as my wife. But he was telling me that if he gets sick, he or any of the staff, they, they told them this two weeks ago. If they feel like they're getting sick, they have to, of course, take a test for corona. But even if it comes back negative, they have to take a week's uh, worth of work off without pay Mm. just to make sure and then come back in in a week and get tested again. I'm like, how could somebody do that? You've got a family to feed. You know, how could you take a week's pay off unless you use your vacation? And a lot of people you know, have already used their vacation. So yep. it's just insane. But he was also telling me that his wife, the, the hospital she works, um, if a patient comes in and they test positive and they keep them there, uh, you know, they test, I guess, every two days to retest, right? Well, every one of those retests is counting as a whole new person getting COVID. And, that, and you know, somebody could be in the hospital for several weeks, and that's a lot of tests for one person. Yet, yeah, that's the it is how many, and it's insane if that's true. And, yeah, and I've heard that from a couple I've sources heard, at this me point. Too. <laughs> and the fact that you know you're a person who's relaying it from somebody who's actually in a hospital where this is being practiced, like that just <laughs> pretty much solidifies that that's probably common practice in a couple places, and that alone is enough to sway the information that's being put out there um, by these disgusting lizard people on the news that, you know, nothing about their job or livelihood has been changed. Uh, You know, they can ride any wave. I mean, they were doing their worst. Like, I guess when I say the media was doing their worst, like the left media was doing their worst. What? during Obama's time, maybe because there was just nothing like everybody lived in a fantasy land. The world was perfect. There was nothing to report on. And, um, it was really just Fox news being busy, you know, calling, um, Obama, a Kenyan Muslim. Uh, thank you for the Intel Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, that (laughs) all started with her (laughs) because she loved him so much. (laughs) Still does to this day. They're just all good friends. Um, they would be good friends if they didn't actually probably have this um, 
deep-seated rivalry where she wanted to rule the world and it was not her turn. Um, but so, yeah, these people, like, and it's not just the media, but the media in particular, th- nothing about their lives has changed. Um, they get to go to work. They get to say whatever they want. It does not matter how libellious it is. It does not matter how untrue it is. They get to go. They get to type away. They get to speak their mind um, or literally just read the um, read teleprompters. So they do somebody else's bidding. But they all um, are able to grandstand in all of these moments. And this entire year's worth of crazy events. And, um, you know, they just get to remain on top, whereas uh, the stat I just heard today was that there's supposed to be, like, 29 people dying for every one person that actually dies of COVID. So the 29 other people that die per the one COVID death is some lockdown-related death. Oh. Um, because like suicide? The world is, yeah, or, suicide, oh. you know, drugs. Um, okay. And okay. so... I wouldn't be surprised because you know, I think in in the town I live in, we actually have our suicide rate is actually higher than our death rate right now. Like, well, the COVID death rate is what I mean. Um, and um, I mean, we have a big problem with uh, drug abuse too in our town. So, yeah, I'm sure that that's gone up. I know I've heard of some people saying that they've um, the ERs have been pretty empty, but they have been seeing like an upsurge of like child abuse cases, domestic violence cases. Um, so I don't, I, you know, the lockdown was not, it did not fix any, all it did at the very least was create another problem, but it also prolonged this, you know, the curve of this damn virus and the, you know, it's just my, I don't know. I just, I think it's by design because it just seems to. I mean, even our governor, who, like, in the state of Tennessee, we're pretty, you know, conservative, I would say, more um, libertarian. But even our governor, like, gave in to a lot of the, what the other governors were doing. And that, that was really pathetic. Like, the mask, we got, we had to put our mask back on over the weekend, over the 4th of July weekend, of mm. all weekends. Yeah, It, it right. made me want to punch every single person wearing a mask in the face. It was very I was tragic. Very angry. Tragic irony. Yeah. Did you uh, get any of the sock masks that Governor Lee sent out? Eight million. <laughs> no. Over eight million dollars he spent on oh, masks my. made from sock material from a sock company called Renfro. And uh, my oh. buddy, my best friend, I told you, who was, uh, was also a nurse, he sent me a picture of the uh, box, and underneath it, it says, not for medical use, of course, and he held it up, and he's like, look, it looks just like an old white sock. I'm oh, like, my God. eight point, and then somebody, I think it was out of Nashville, came, uh, one of the local TV channels, supposedly tested it, and it had uh, a bunch of chemicals on it. Uh, and one was a pesticide. And they didn't know where like, they came from. I swear from, to God. It's by design. It's by design. They're trying to sterilize us all. Let's mass in. Yeah, that's the scariest thing. Like, I haven't had any kids yet, and I would absolutely be a target for them to make sure I don't reproduce because I don't plan on teaching my kids the bullshit that um, 
they tried to teach me. So, yeah. Uh, I, you know, whoever's following or listening to me at this point already knows that. So nothing new there. Um, but it, but, it is it's scary. Like I mean, that's what's scary to me, not the virus. Yeah. This, this the stuff. argument I see a lot of from people on the left is like, well, I'm just going to listen to what the actual doctors say. I'm Who going to doctors? listen to the, the PhDs and the, and the MDs who say the mass work or say that this is a deadly, you're not you know, a doctor. Disease. You're, you're just a nurse, Jesse. Like, my favorite meme is, like, I love how all the kids who are making Fs in high school suddenly are experts. On, experts. Like, yeah, have you seen that yeah. one? And yeah, I'm like, yeah, the, yeah, I hate to break it to you, honey, but the kids that were making Fs in high school probably were smarter than you because they weren't following the rules and they thought for themselves. <laughs> you just knew how to put the answer down your teacher wanted you to put down. So um, there you go. But on top of that, I mean, there are plenty. And I was just going to say there's a really good episode that the Amen put out about scientism, where people mm-hmm. put a lot of faith in the idea of science as being like the infallible truth. But the people who practice it, the people who study it, they have a lot of their own biases that go into it. And I was thinking, like, maybe you could kind of talk a little bit about what you found out when you were doing research for that episode. Yeah, that's a that's one uh, another one around the time I was kind of starting to wake up. Um, I was just thinking about like how just in my lifetime, you see multiple uh, stories about things being good for you and then it's bad for you later on a couple of years later, like salt or alcohol or, uh, you know, trans fats. I mean, you could go down the line, coconut oil, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's got to be some shady stuff going on with science and these scientific studies. And I just started kind of looking into it over like a period of like really about 10 years, kind of got away from it a little bit, but anyway, like uh, found this website, retractionwatch.com and they track all the different scientific journals and all the retractions, which are a lot. Um, And just really learned that um, like these big, uh, TV companies, they have some, every one of them, the news companies supposedly has a representative from one of the big drug companies uh, that comes in and does morning meetings with them, which I guess that explains all the drug commercials on cable news. Mm-hmm. And they just walk hand in hand. And, you know, when there is some kind of recall or some kind of bad news, if it's reported at all, like from a drug, if it's reported at all, it's it's barely mentioned. Um, and you know, you just think about, there's been a lot of drugs that have been recalled over the years. And obviously I know there's life saving drugs and drugs that can help us and help ailments and stuff like that. But there's a lot of shady business going on with scientific, uh, studies. And, um, I think that if most people, you know, especially I think, you know, on the left would not be open to even looking at it. But I think if you could go in and look at some of the things that have all the retractions and uh, different things that have happened over the years, I think people would be really surprised that uh, a lot of stuff that we really base our lives on, our livelihoods, our lives, everything, uh, is kind of based on shoddy science, scientism Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's definitely something to look into for sure. Because, you know, they got these science pimps like, you know, Bill Nye and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, (laughs) I can't remember his name, but Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and I like Neil. He's he's kind of fun to listen to. He's, he's but you can tell he's full. He's like a car salesman, you know, for oh, science, yeah. and uh, they just kind of push all voice. these things. Yeah, and, and you know, it's kind of like just saying it's science is a way of saying just shut up. It's science. Shut up. It's you know? science. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't argue with science. Well, maybe it's not science. Have you looked at the study? Have you looked at who did the study? Have you looked at all the criteria? Um, yeah. So. Anyway, it's kind of fun to look into, but also disturbing. Yeah, really and when disturbing. and when you think about how science is funded right now, um, science is funded by government too. Um, mm-hmm. That's when you are a new scientist, a research scientist, and you're trying to get a grant. Where's the grant coming from? Is it coming from a private company or is it coming from a government a government grant? Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's a government grant. So. Uh, yeah, and, and I, those it, grants, it makes sense. and those grants will, you know, make up doctors, researchers' uh, salaries, oftentimes, and it's like, no wonder, like, they're so dependent on this. It's like, and and this has kind of escaped the purview of most most Americans, most people. Like, when you start to think about honestly who's uh, second on the government team, you don't think about the doctors or the scientists or the experts. And, you know, people don't even understand that Dr. Fauci is a government employee, has been for decades. And, you know, and a Hillary Clinton donor as well. Yes. And so he seemed he to be not unbiased. He seemed to be very impressed with her health in a good, positive way when she was like collapsing mm-hmm. in public. Like, Dr. Fauci, let's let's be real here. When's the last yeah, time you saw probably, a patient? Yeah, he probably had laid hands on a patient and. Over a couple decades, at least, wouldn't want him to. No, you know, I ran yeah. across that that uh, video, uh, and I'd only seen honestly, I hadn't even seen the video, but I'd, I'd seen like um, headlines. But I guess it was like from a few weeks ago where he was laughing. He actually snickered at the thought of wearing masks, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh masks!" You know, he's like. You know, it might stop maybe one droplet or two, but it's really not, not going to do anything. And I'm like, no, do we listen to this Fauci or do we listen to the one now who says wear masks? I mean, because he's really? supposed to be the preeminent guy, right, that we all have to listen to. I feel like every Fauci quote about masks has been inconsistent from the beginning, like right. to this day. Um, you, like yeah. you said, it's, it, and it, a lot of it is like rules for thee, but not for me. And then also like, I'm going to wear this mask as a symbol, but you need to wear this mask because you might be, you know, passing droplets off to somebody and getting somebody sick and infected. Um, yeah, it's uncomfortable and yeah, it feels like you're you got hit by a train, but you should jog with a mask. Like nothing that man says is consistent. And I mean, I, I don't see how anybody still is following him. And I, you know, it it sounds like, and you know, he's kind of been, um, and not that I watch any mainstream media at all. I don't have cable. Thank God. I don't read the New York times unless it gets shoved in front of me. And, um, then I got to sort of see what they're saying, but I'm not subscribed. So, you know, I only get to see so much and I don't want to give them money. Fuck them. Um, they're wrong about everything and they have been wrong about everything for decades. And, you know, it took me a while to see that, but. Ugh. 
These people are all paid to lie to us. And then going back yeah. to the, like, so, like, another aspect of, like, the whole scientism and these scientific data and results that get published and we're all supposed to just worship. Um, so if it's not coming from the government, it's coming from pharmaceutical companies. And so while, you know, there are benefits to certain pharmaceuticals and I do like the idea of certain drugs being developed. Like we need all these things, but of course, like when they're getting, they're also subject to these government contracts and like mm -hmm. the whole vaccine racket that's going on right now. Like it's all coming from the government or all these tests, like these, these tests or these stupid sock masks. It's like, so all of this is being force fed from different directions and really just, every direction from the government. <laughs> so yeah, and they just friend. And that's vaccine, why we, we connect everything to the government because like they're shoving yeah. it all down our throats using our money to do so. The vaccine situation too is even more disturbing when you realize that like if there's a vaccine injury, there's a special court that you have to go through. And if they find that there is an injury caused by the vaccine, that money that you get, I think the motion gives like $250,000 and that money is not coming from the pharmaceutical company. They're not paying it. It's our tax dollars that pay it. It's a government-granted type situation. So everything that you guys think that you're getting for free because the government's giving it to you, you're giving it back to you. You're literally giving it to yourself. It's kind of like the guy who um, married a gold digger, and then she goes and buys a present for him with his own money. That's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Like, well, what's we have a gold digger that, like, wife. So, really, <laughs> the gold digger wife is like stealing from the rich man's child or grandchild. Because really, and it's not even about present time or present generations. It's about this money that somebody's going to come collect, like the debt. And it's not going to be where we live unless this whole thing just freaking implodes yeah. on itself, like, which would kind of be. Beneficial in some ways. It's like a domestic violence situation is what it is. It's like it really is. <laughs> you're, you can't leave your house. You can't. Um, you have to wear a mask if you go anywhere. And then on top of that, like you can't. That money that you wanted to save for your kids, they're not going to let you use for your kids. You and also, guess what? She's going to use that money to go and shoot up people in the neighbor next the neighborhood next to you because they <laughs> worship some different God and they have some resources that we might, that she might want later on down the road. Like that's what we have is this, this, this like site, the schizophrenic abusive wife that just leeches off of us is what we have. <laughs> yeah. It's like a kind of a, with the drug companies and the, and the, the vaccines especially, it's like it's kind of like a protectionist racket. It's like oh, uh -huh. they've got guaranteed contracts because the government makes you take vaccines. And and so that's like a that's a nasty cabal right there. And if if I think for if no other reason people should be asking questions about maybe I should look at the vaccines a little bit more because that's that's a lot of collusion there and it's if you look at just regular drugs I mean, like how many drugs have been recalled because they caused bad side effects or even death? Yet mm -hmm. we're not supposed to even question vaccines at all that there could be an issue. 
Um, so just right there, it's like, come on now, that that's not right. I mean, if you're told you cannot ask any questions, ask questions. Oh, yeah, for I just, sure. And I feel like if you're a true scientist, too, like this is the thing that drives me crazy because I work in the, the scientific field, is um, a true scientist asks questions all the time against their own hypothesis, and they always test it. That's what the point of it is. Like the first scientist tested against their own hypothesis a lot of times. And uh, now we are at a point where we're just like, especially as nurses, which I find that to be really disturbing that we're just told to just sit and just like accept the narrative of what we're told. And we're supposed to be the advocates for our families, for our patients, families, and um, for the patients themselves. And we can't do that if we can't ask questions. And especially if we can't go be with our family members in hospitals and stuff like that too. That is a big one that drives, that makes me angry is so many people who can't even go see their loved ones in the hospital. That literally just happened with um, my brother. Thank God he's okay, but just suffered a spinal fracture and his friends took him to the hospital immediately. And the first thing they did, like he has a spinal injury. We don't know how bad it is. First thing, first thing on the docket was a COVID test. He was negative, yep. obviously, but it's like if he were if he were to test positive, it incidentally, um, with whatever crappy tests they have um, at this, you know, pretty low budget, shitty hospital. If he were to test positive, he would have been looped in with the COVID people, and then yeah, that's what that's really what a spinal injury needs, like to be lumped in with all the sick respiratory virus patients and, um, you know, have that be some kind of further barrier to the treatment he needs fast. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, from what I I guess I remember and like, I, you know, we're not normally, I guess my, my sister-in-law was not allowed to be transferred with him. He had to get transferred up to Baltimore. Um, and you know, he had to do that alone and, he was, she wasn't yeah. allowed to go with him. And it's like middle of the night ambulance ride to Baltimore, like three hour ride. Oh, broken spine. And, and still, and still not knowing like if it's bad enough to need surgery or not, he's yeah. just alone. And yeah. he tested negative. She would have tested negative as well. And it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, like whose whose lives are we protecting? Um, and what, at what cost? And we're seeing the cost. And the, that cost is going to continue to show itself to be astronomical. And honestly, many times in the hospital, the family members are the ones that notice that the patient is going down and it comes. That's what I was saying. I was so, so nervous. That, that like, would, that, I mean, let's just be real. Some of these deaths that might be happening might have not necessarily been because of COVID. It could have been because a nurse was tied up with something else and she couldn't hear the, and let me say, we hear alarms all day through that 12 hour shift. Sometimes we tune them out and when we shouldn't, but it just kind of happens. So it helps to have a family member come and not, and, you know, tap on your shoulder and say, my mom looks blue. Can you come and check on her? You know, that is, you know, a lot of times the way they run, they staff hospitals, that is, it is nice to have a family member there to kind of check on some of your patients for you. 
unfortunately. That's the way it is. And now we have that missing link. So, I mean, there's so many things that, I mean, I can't, we could go on about, but I don't know. I feel like we've <laughs> beat a dead horse with the COVID. <laughs> Were you going to say something? Man. Uh, the only thing I was going to say, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, but I was talking to my friend who's a Marine. He did uh, two tours in Iraq. He was over in Fallujah for, during the whole 9-11, or uh, right yes. after 9-11. Mm-hmm. But really cool dude. But he was telling me the other day, he said, man, he said, obviously, he's no expert. He said, look, um, we had to take biological weapons training because we didn't know at the time if we were going to get hit with something. So anyway, he said that he thought, and it made total sense, uh, that if people are going to get COVID, they're going to get it no matter what, like we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. He said, watch how people act in public. With, they're tugging at their mask. They're pulling it down. They're touching their phone, touching their face, touching their items that they're getting, touching the counter. Touch, you know. He said, to, to actually, if you were really trying not to get infected, by the way they train them, there's a certain way to take off your gloves. There's a certain mm-hmm. way, of course, to wear your mask. It needs to be airtight, of course, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. not airtight. I'm not sure exactly what what you call it, but fit, fitting fit. to your yeah. yeah, fitting to your face. And he was just saying there is no way if it's as catching as people say that people are not going to catch it because just look at the way people mm-hmm. like they think they got a mask on and gloves. They're invisible, so they're touching everything with those gloves, touching everything. I've watched them in the grocery store, you know. And then touching their phone again, of course, every few minutes or looking at their grocery list and then touching all those items that God knows where they came from. So it's like it kind of all gets a little silly when people try to act like this cloth mask is going to help you that barely even fits your face and save you. It's like, yeah, you see people (laughs) driving with the mask on and the gloves. I see people in my neighborhood sitting on their porch with a mask on. I'm like, you need that air, dumbass. <laughs> Get What's that wrong air. With you? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just, but it made sense to me that him saying that. I'm like, you're right. If we were really, really trying not to get contaminated, we would have to, I mean, really buckle down and not touch anything. And I want, I mean, I'll say this really quickly I'll, and I'll stop, but perfect <laughs> mindset of people right now, right? Me and my, my son, we went into uh, the, the local used bookstore here. Uh, McKay's and it's huge. It's like a big store. It was packed and it was like half and half, half people wearing masks, (laughs) half not. Right. And we were in a long line and these like trendy, uh, probably 20 somethings count come up behind us. It's a guy and two girls and they got their masks on. He's got like a handkerchief and purple gloves and, uh, and they're right behind us. Like, and I'm like, okay, they're not doing their six feet, which doesn't bother me a bit. I'm ready to lick on a door. But like they, uh, they're like, oh, I heard one of the girls be like, oh no, there's so many people in here. I hope I don't get infected. And then um, the guy's like, what time is it? And she's like, I'm afraid to touch my phone. It might be infected, which makes sense, right? But he's like, well, do you still have those baby wipes? And she's like, yeah. He's like, well, just use those baby wipes because I mean, if if they're good enough to wipe an ass, they'll kill some COVID. And I'm like, <laughs> That's the mentality that of these people right now. Because <laughs> they're obviously concerned <sighs> getting sick, right? Why are you in McKay's then? There's like a thousand people in there. Go exactly. home, man. If you yeah, are probably, still that uh, afraid, I would, go home. 
I have these thoughts when people when I hear stuff like that where I just want to say out loud like you should probably just go ahead and get COVID just get over it like (laughs) you'll then you'll realize it's not that serious (laughs) but then if I said that then I'd be arrested because I was like assaulting somebody with my words I don't know like the way people are these days oh yeah but I was gonna say uh, my mom actually has a story about being like she had corn stolen from her while she was at the grocery store because um, she was trying to, yeah, she was trying to pick out some corns because we we're going to have corn in the cobs for Fourth uh, of July. And this lady was getting mad at my mom because she thought she, my mom was too close to her, even though everybody was wearing a mask. And so she was like hurt. My mom and some other lady was also there apparently trying to pick out corn. This lady, for whatever reason, was just staying in there, taking her dear sweet time. So my mom um, reached to go grab the corn that she wanted. And then that same lady just told her to, like, back off. Just grab the corn out of her hand. She said, I was going to grab that. And my mom just let her have it. And I was like, (laughs) see, in fact, I wish that happened to me because I have a lot of anger built up right now and I need to release it. I wish that would happen to me, right? Like, oh, that woman wouldn't. She would never forget my face, ever. <laughs> you might give me COVID by standing too close to me, but let me definitely steal yeah. your corn that you've infected. Out of your hand. What like a crazy world. my mom's hand. What a crazy world. I would have, hmm, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have just, I would have lost it, but it would have been a nice release. <laughs> you would have had to go to, what is it, confession? At least confession. I mean, I can't even tell you how mad I was when I found out we had to wear masks, you know, on Fourth of July weekend. I was so angry about that. <sighs> oh, me too. God. And uh, they're making, are they making you guys wear goggles, or did you already have to wear eyeglass uh, protection, or did you already have to do that at work? Well, or yeah, at work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do private duty now, which is wonderful. I will never go back to the hospital again, especially yeah. now. Um. So it just depends on the the home I'm in right now. The the home I'm in right now, we don't have to wear a mask. Um, so cool. I'm, you know, I'm happy. It's just whatever the family wants to do. But we, I just got an email about uh, if we're going to travel into the hotspot states for vacation, we need to let our bosses know. And they didn't say what they were going to do. Like, so that tells me, like, I don't need to tell them anything. Exactly. Mom's a word. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want, I mean, I don't want to have to take, like, two weeks off or any of that, you know? So. Exactly, because it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, because, like like we were saying earlier, I mean, you could get it, I mean, there's a, of course, now they're saying it doesn't stay on services as nearly as long as they did. That's another thing that they lied to us about. But, you know, if all the, we got all these products coming from all over the world mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, worried about somebody traveling over to the next state to, you know, get some beef jerky. at the, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's just. You just want to just say, screw off, people. I mean, I know. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I I don't care if they want to wear a mask. Like, I don't care if you want to stay home. I have no, I have no, like, opinion about that. Like, if you're scared, I totally get it. 
Um, you're enjoy scared. your time at home. Enjoy yeah. the continuous. Do what you self do. You do what you got to do. You do but, you. I love you enough that I want you to do you. And so I'm going to do me. Yeah. But don't be shaming people. Don't be telling them that they're selfish or that they, that they don't care about others because they don't want to wear a mask. And some people legitimately have health issues where they can't wear the mask. Or sometimes the masks have like legitimate pesticides sprayed on top of them and they don't want to breathe that into their lungs. Call me crazy. But, sure. you know. Definitely a heretic. I told uh, my wife, I said, okay, if we're going to have to wear masks in certain areas, no matter what, if this actually lasts. And I've been to the grocery store like three times in the week, the past week and I haven't worn a mask. And almost everybody is now, unfortunately. But like um, I told my wife, I was going to get one of those. I think they call it, call it a nightcap. It's kind of like a hijab, but it's like for those like the Afghan dudes, it looks like a giant oh. tablecloth and it's like wraps around your face, and then you run your neck and mm-hmm. you look like you should be carrying an 8K47 with it. So yeah. I told yeah. yeah. I've got one picked out. I think you should. Yeah. My boyfriend's got like one of those serious like gas mask respirators for the demolition work he does. And it's like, he's like, I'm going to walk around wearing that. Then how, you know, really scare people. And I'm like, please do. I just, yes. You I need to be a write, spectacle so people can actually, like, question this. I just want to write, this is bullshit, so that when they tell me that I have to wear a mask, I'll just pull it out and then spread it out, and then I'll just have to read, this is bullshit. <laughs> I know. I Whoa. want to so bad, but I'm also so non-confrontational. <sighs> I really, I am so confrontational, though, that I have to taper myself back a little bit, because I, I don't want to bring unnecessary drama to myself. Yeah. I went through a lot of that. I, I got out of my system, I thought, when I was a teenager. I'm trying to sure. keep it that way. And then you became an anarchist, so... I know. <laughs> Not done yet. Well, um, this hour seemed to fly by. Um, I guess... I know I need to go to bed, because I already have a hard enough time waking up in the morning. I think it's the lack of vitamin D! Um, Take some okay. vitamin D, guys. That's another. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Vitamin D. They said that like vitamin the people D, who everybody. died of COVID had very low vitamin D levels. So take your vitamin D, or just get out in the sun. Get out in the out, sun. Get some actual the sunlight. Best source of vitamin D. And so yeah, I'm still you know working from home, so at my desk, and I've got a little uh, sunshine light next to me just so I get more of it. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. So, anyway, um, as we come to an end, Odd Man, is there anything else you want to say? Or go ahead and feel free to plug your stuff and where everybody can find you. Well, just thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I should have another podcast out this week. I'm, I'm a little bit lazy about that because uh, I, I do these podcasts, you know, like where they're like kind of super serious subjects. And I want to do them where I put all good references in where people can go back and make sure I'm not just bullshitting them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so it takes a lot of time. But anyway, I'm going to try to have one out by this weekend. And if people want to follow me, the best place, I guess, is uh, underscore the odd man out on Instagram. Um, and there at, in my profile, you've got the link to my podcast. So, yeah, that's oh, where that's you can easy. find me. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, I'm glad we found you somehow on the interwebs. Um, but you've definitely been a fun follow, and the work you've done so far in your podcast, I know it's kind of relatively newer, but so good stuff there, everybody. And um, yep. I understand the hesitation or, you know, it might take more time to put out such a good product, but um, I know as a perfectionist, if, if, just, if I had to put more work into this podcast, we wouldn't put one out because I would have to make sure it's perfect, and I can't do that. Jesse wouldn't let me do that. Nobody would, we wouldn't be here. So <laughs> I can appreciate those who do manage to make really good, really good stuff and actually put it out because that is way more than I can handle. Um, Jesse, is there anything else you wanted to say for the night? No, um, <laughs> just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Voluntary Vixens. Um, on Twitter, we're a little different at Vixens Voluntary. And we are now on Parlor at Voluntary Vixens. So if you guys want to follow us over there. And um, and then, of course, we have a Patreon if you want to donate to us. Um, that is Voluntary underscore Vixens. Hopefully that's what it is. You should be but, able to find us in yeah. the search. Um, yeah. We might have a new uh, Vixies in Need. Um, I want to do a little bit more investigating behind the scenes, but somebody in our sphere might be needing some help. I don't want to overstep yeah. our... I don't want to overstep and, you know, get in anybody's business where we don't belong, but, you know, it was really nice to help out a listener and a friend um, before, so, and obviously it was very appreciated that Everybody listening um, contributed to that as well. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted. But anyway, I guess um, that's a wrap. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Um, not sure exactly when this will come out because, like I said, uh, Jesse's been busy without me um, suffering from my Tom Hanks disease. And so I think we've got a little bit of a backlog coming. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Check out Odd Man in the meantime, and keep it sane, keep it peaceful, keep it voluntary.